Welcome to Realoran International Ministries Incorporated with Anne Elizabeth, where real people meet a real God. Welcome to Realoran. I am delighted that you are here with me today to take a look at our lesson called the Faith Map. It's a very interesting uh, study and very important to your well-being. If you don't have the map, this is the faith map. If you don't have the map in front of you, go to the Bible study tab called the faith map. If you don't have access to that, maybe you're in one of your books, uh, turn to that page and we're going to take a look at this map and what goes on here. And you can see at the very, very top of this map is love. And uh, it is a section of love and hope. And that's where we always want to go back to, no matter where we find ourselves on this journey, because during this cycle, the faith map, you will go around and around, and sometimes this way and sometimes that way. And you can see in the very center of the faith map is time. We know that everything we receive from God is based on his time, not ours. That's a very, uh, very important thing to really know and understand. That way you can always run back to love because love is God. God is love. God loves you and he wants the very best for you and he will give you what you need and his covenant promises in his, say, time, his time. So let's take a look at the faith map and uh, journey through this lesson. Uh, this is one of my absolute favorite lessons because we know that through life we are going to encounter situations that we have to believe God to bring the answer or to bring the substance. And uh, this is part of life. And we know that faith, when you're having faith for something, you're actually sitting in a place that you are without. You are without what you want or you are without what you need. But you know that love, God is love, and God has given us the Bible, his covenant, uh, his oath that he swears by. He says, as I live. And he looks up at his his covenant, uh, Psalm 138.2. There's nothing higher than God except he looks up to his word, and he rules out of his word. And so we have a great uh, benefit uh, of being Christians because we have a God that loves us. And if you're not a Christian, just say this prayer with me. Say, Dear God, I have traipsed around this world living in sin, and some I hated and some I enjoyed, but I realized that I need to get right with you, and I need to have you remove my sin from my life by the blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. And then I come into your kingdom and you're my dad. And I know that you've given us your oath, your covenant, your contract, and uh, the duties of uh, being a citizen of the kingdom of heaven within a book called the Bible. And I will pick it up and, and read it. And I ask you to fill me full of the Holy Spirit, which will give me all power to resist sin and to live in righteousness and to inherit all upon this earth to inherit the image of 
Christ, the character of Christ, to inherit the promised land, to inherit a place where I'm able to pour out life and a, a joy to others so that they can make it. And then I exit the earth as all mankind does and I arrive in heaven where a joyful celebration is happening, <laughs> where they welcome us home. And uh, they place five crowns upon our head that uh, we actually worked hard to receive. So let's go through this faith map and see what's going on. One, two. First of all, I would ask you, where are you on the faith map? Can you find yourself on the faith map? Are you sitting in one of these places here? And we're going to go around these places. Are you sitting in, uh, are you sitting in hope and love or are you sitting in rage and blame and are you sitting in jealousy? Are you sitting in accu accusations towards God and others? Or are you sitting in uh, stress, fear, anxiety, and worry? Or how about this one? I'm going to do it on my own and push through the mountain. That actually, after I've pushed and pushed and pushed to make flatten out that mountain, that mountain has risen and now is on top of me. Because we just didn't wait on God. So we have to run around whatever base you're on, so to speak. You know, it's like a baseball park. It has many more bases than three, but it's still a park. We need to run back to home, which is God, his love and his truth and his promise to you, along with his choice of time. When are we ready to receive? And that's up to God. Amen. So we have to let God be God. And we have faith, and we're his children maturing into the image of Jesus. So we're all on the map at one point or, or the other. So let's define faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When you're in faith, you believe you're going to receive something and you have hope. And that's the very beginning, the very top of the faith map. Is God, God is love, God is covenant, God cannot lie, and you're hoping and you're believing. And you have to always find your way back there. Example, maybe I'm believing to uh, move into my promised land. I've lived years in the desert. I've lived years in the wilderness. And I'm waiting for God to say, you're ready. Let's go into your promised land. And uh, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a land of abundance and, and prosperity and land and, and, and houses and vineyards and all kind of good things that God wants to give his covenant-keeping people. But let's say I don't have that promised land. So I'm walking through the wilderness still. Things are hard, but God is teaching me that I don't need all the things. I need him. And when I realize that I need that, that he's all I need, then he'll give me those extra things and those wonderful things to enjoy with him. Many people he gives things to, but then they discard God and they, they hurt their life. They damage their life and some end up in eternal fire to God's sorrow. But, you know, God has to rule according to his book. And so if we die in sin and we discarded him, he has to send us into eternal fire. It is written. He can't change the book. It's eternal. His word is eternal, established forever. 
So, so he waits to give us many things to make sure that we don't end up in a place of eternal regret. So he waits till we're ready to receive. And uh, a lot of people during the waiting period might look at others and may look at Susie or Jack or Jill or whoever and say, wow, they have something and they're not right with you, Lord. Or, you know, they're looking around at what everybody else has. And then they get upset and they f- they're filled with rage and anger and jealousy and all this junk that just needs to go into the trash. And you need to go back to God. You need to go back to love. He's your father. He knows you, and he sees what lies ahead of you. He sees the enemy's plans that you have no idea about. He sees that how the enemy is going to try to operate and take you down because we know that as Christians, we are in a war with the devil. We know that he comes to wage war against those who obey the commands of God. And we as Christians know that we must obey the commands of God, Matthew 19, 17, if our desire is to enter into eternal glory. Amen? So, you know, God sees it all. He knows it all. He sees the weak spots, and he wants to get in there, and he wants to fix the weak spots to make them strong so that he can cause you to inherit. But he's building you to always with one thing in mind for your welfare, for your benefit, for your success, for your rising, for your inheritance is what he has on his mind when he looks right at you. Okay? So we have to trust his timing and his knowledge. No one's smarter than God, right? I mean, I didn't create the stars. I didn't create the sun. I didn't create the moon. I didn't create the mountains. I didn't create all the nations in 6,500 languages. I didn't create 10,000 taste buds. I didn't create the raindrops and the noises of the elements and, and the ocean's waves and the sand on the seashore. I didn't create all the animals and all the bird species and all the fish species. I didn't create the five oceans upon the planet. I didn't create the galaxies and the stars. I didn't do that. I didn't create the angelic host and the heavens and the ages to come. I didn't create the grass and all of the plant species. I didn't create food and spices. Did you? So let's leave that to God. So we can see from the scripture that faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you're believing God for something, it's called faith. And you're hoping for that, right? And if it's a covenant promise, you'll get it. But you have to wait for God's time. Say time. Time. It is the evidence of things not seen. We don't see what we're hoping for, but we know we're going to get it in God's time And we can see from this scripture that faith is waiting for something. We're in a waiting room, so to speak. We're waiting for that, but we're going ahead and living our life, and we're doing our kingdom assignments. We're doing whatever God has told us to do upon planet Earth, whatever that is. Whether you're in ministry, whether you're a banker, a lawyer, a doctor, uh, a librarian, uh, whatever you are. Uh, you are going to continue your journey with Christ throughout the earth. And uh, you're not going to give up and, and say, well, I don't have this, so I quit life. You know, many people do that. They just quit life. They, they go to the side and they sit and they let the devil win. 
See, instead of saying, God, I trust you, your love, your intelligence, your wisdom, and you're all powerful. So I trust your mind in love over me and your time over me above my own brain that you made. I mean, have we made, have we made the human race? Of course not. God did. And we have to trust his genius. He's a genius. So during faith, we're waiting. And in that waiting process, let's enjoy life. Let's not stop living. Let's enjoy life. Let's do life. Let's uh, celebrate what we already have and enjoy God and let God continue to grow us and teach us and work with us through this journey. Because life is a journey and that it ends in, in, in our choice, whether that is heaven or hell based upon what we do with the creator of this universe. You know, we can all find ourselves on the big map. It's called Earth. And then we're located in one of the continents and one of the nations and one of the states. And we say, my goodness, it's big. And then we look up and say, you alone have created all things. Thank you for the oath, the con the contract, the covenant that you have given to humanity called the Bible. Genesis 1 to the end of Revelation. So I do not need to live in fear and doubt and worry and in, in, in disgrace and shame. For you are love, God. And you love me. And you know exactly what I need and when. I need it. We hope for things that God has promised to us in his word, the Bible. We can read that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, without believing that God is going to give me what he's promised, it is impossible to please him. You cannot please God if you don't believe God. Okay. Yeah, but I've waited 14 years. It's been 14 years. Nothing's happened. I've been waiting 14 years. That's Joseph. I've been waiting 25 years for a son. Here comes Abraham. How long have you been waiting? What have you been waiting for? But you know what? Don't quit believing because we need to remember what's in the circle. Time. And who holds the time? It's God. And go right up to his love. He loves you and he knows the perfect time for you. You may see all these people have babies. They have babies everywhere you go. They're breastfeeding. They're, they're, they got their little ones out in the stroller and they've got their little earrings in their ears and boopsie bows and, you know, little pacifiers. And you're like, when am I going to have a baby? You know, I've been wanting a baby forever. Well, God has a perfect plan and design for you. You know, he, he knows exactly the right time for you. He knows exactly the right child for you, whether it comes from your body or he sends you to a foreign land to adopt a baby. You know, he's God and he knows exactly what he wants to give you and what you will enjoy better in the long run. You say, but I don't want that. But guess what? Always, 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 always after the fact, we look back at him and we say, you amaze me because you said no there, but you said yes here. But what I prayed for, I didn't get, but I got something better. And I want to thank you, God, because you alone are love. You alone are intelligence. You alone are all knowing and you know us because you made us and you actually care about each and every one of us. And you see right through us to reach in to heal us of whatever it is or to, to change or to fix or to tweak. 
There's not one that God doesn't know underneath his throne. And so we know that without faith, it is impossible to please God. He wants us to say, I believe in you. I believe in you. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. God is a real God. If you haven't read my book, Real God, get it today. It is a dynamite book about my four-month encounter with the living God and my trip into heaven and hell. It is wonderful. And you can find that on realoran.org. And we must also believe, according to Hebrews 11.6, that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, it's beautiful that God actually rewards the person that sits down and opens up the Bible and says, God, I need to get to know you, and I want to get to know you. Please teach me who you are, and please teach me who I need to be. And you know what? He's right there, and he will reward you by revealing himself. You know, when I saw God in heaven... I was staring at the one that I talked to on my life, and I used to write letters as a little girl and put them in my closet because I figured he's probably busy. Even at that age, I realized that God was busy, you know? And I wonder how I realized that, you know, who knows when we're kids. But, and I didn't know that he could hear me when I talked to him, so I thought maybe, you know, he'll get around to reading letters if he has time. And uh, the years go by, you know, and we grow and develop. And one day I found myself in heaven, in an auditorium, looking at him. And I looked at him, and he was so austere and, and dignified. And his face, you know, just generations and generations. And he sparkled inside like a diamond. His translucent skin was bright and light and diamonds coming out. He was dressed to the T in white gloves. And he had on red and white stripes representing the blood of Jesus and the sanctification of uh, our lives through the word of God and the Holy Spirit. And his shoes were red and white stripes. Just astounding. And I looked around this grand auditorium at all these people in their magnificent clothes. And then I looked down at my tattered outfit I had on and I turned around and tried to run out. And he comes and he was right there. He says, no, come on in. It's okay. Come on in. And I couldn't believe that he would invite someone like me into some place like that. But he loves us. He takes us And he takes us right out of the dirt. He takes us out of our darkness, out of our sin, out of our demon possession, (laughs) out of our ignorance. And he says, you're mine, and, and I'm going to help you. And so there is nothing too hard for this wonderful God of ours. And we can read that God desires and expects us, his people, to believe his promises in the Bible and to expect them. From him. You know, we expect all these things. I have a list of things that he's already done. They're off the list. And I have a list of things I'm waiting for. I'm having faith for. I'm believing for. And I'll tell you why. Because it's written in the Bible that he wants to give them to me. And every time he checks one off the list, I almost just sob because of his integrity. You know, when I looked at God, I looked at his clothes, I looked at heaven, I looked at the austerity and the wealth and the beauty and the people and and all the different events I saw in heaven. The most beautiful thing I saw was him. Just him. He let me stare at him. You know, he sat down and he turned around and whistled and looked around because he he wanted me, he he was, he knew that I wanted to look at him because I'm very, I'm very visual. 
And I looked at his sign, I looked at his big barrel chest, and, and I looked at his, you know, his profile. And then he looked at me and he said, look. And he wanted me to look in a certain direction, and I looked, and a woman was waving that I had buried seven years prior of breast cancer. Her name was my mother. Beautiful woman. Went to heaven. So God is real, and God is good, and faith is a beautiful way to live. So when we believe God for things, because we believe the Word, amen? We find the promises in the Word, and we believe Him. In, in, the, in the kingdom of God are there covenants of promise, oaths, as I live, says God, and commonwealth, and of course, health. And so if you're not a Christian, get in to Christ. And if you are a Christian that's given up on hope, just, just run back to the heart on your faith map and make that journey to God today. Because God loves you. God hasn't given up on you. Don't give up on God. And when we believe God, it pleases God. And so we need to go back to the middle of the map and look at the word time and say, you know what, God? I'm going to let you be God in my life. I'm tired of running my own show, and I'm going to let you rule my life. I'll never forget when I was driving one night, in the middle of the night, uh, during my encounter in the book, Real God, you'll read about it. Uh, he wanted to do inner healing, and it just didn't appeal to me. You know, I love to see the angels, and I love to go on trips to heaven, and, you know, blah, blah. I love to be healed, and got to see my mother, and uh, I went into a beauty shop in heaven as well. It was just amazing, and the Son of God is so magnetic and charismatic and joyful and, and full of life and zeal. But uh, he wanted to do inner healing one night, and I just wasn't into that. So I took off in my land cruiser down the middle of uh, downtown where I lived, and everybody at downtown was partying, and the bars are filled, and the music's blared. And I'm trucking over to see uh, to see somebody that I shouldn't have had any kind of relationship with. Let's put it that way. And as I'm driving, I feel this boot go up my, my seat. And I look in the rearview mirror to see God in the back seat. And he had a face, a look on his face like your dad would when you came home two, two hours late from a date or something. He was not happy. And I was just, I, I hung onto that steering wheel as tight as I could. And I was like, oh my God, he's not happy. I mean, you know, in, in that, when you're driving the car and God is in the back, that's a sign altogether that God doesn't need to be in your back seat. If God is in the back seat and you're driving the car, you're going to end up driving it right into a ditch. You do not want to do that. You need to say, you know, God, I got this wrong. You know, I'm trying to call my shots. I'm trying to believe for things that I want now instead of later. And so I've just thrown my whole life into the trash can and it's lit and fire and everything else because I didn't get my way. So we need to just say, sorry, God, you know, we need to mature and let you be God. Okay. And then we can move on into joy, right? Because when we surrender to God, our schedule, our time, our way, we, we, we give up stress, we give up anxiety, we give up fear, we give up joy, we give up all this torment, torment, and try, 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 and take the mountain down, take the mountain down. It's like God's like, I didn't tell you to take that mountain down. Do you see? So if we would just sit in God's presence and let his sweet kindness download, he's very gentle, just download into us what he wants and how it's going to be, and we say, yes, Lord, 
And then life is beautiful. Life doesn't have to be a, a, the thorny part of the rose. It can be the rose itself. It can be rose petals instead of hell on earth. Okay? I mean, I know all about doing it the right way. And I'm really good at doing it the wrong way, trying to force things. And, and God broke me of that because it's not a road that's any good. And it's it nothing will work when you try to force something. Do you see? You have to wait on God's time. It's in the middle. And we can see the faith journey. It begins with hope. Hebrews 6, 16 through 19. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife. So God has given us a promise, but we're still fighting with God. And God said, hey, 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 I told you the promise. Why are you still fighting? Why why are you still strifeful? You know, pound, pound, pound. Why? He said it's the end of strife and bickering and backbiting and complaining. Just believe and live your life and wait for that to happen. But don't give up life because you didn't get one thing you want. Maybe you want to get married. I'm not going to do anything until I get married, until I have a spouse. And you gave up all of your life, and God says, you know what, it's in you obeying me and going forward, and then I'll give you things. You know, God is a God that he moves when you move. God will tell you to do something, and you may not feel well, you may not have what you need to do it, but if you begin to do it, and you start to do it, and you're going to finish it, God will give you exactly what you need on your road of obedience. Okay, so don't sit back and and have an attitude with God and say, I'm not moving, I'm not doing anything for you until I get what I want. The end of that will be a dead life. You will become a dead sea. Even if you take in the word and you're not living out of obedience, you will still be a dead sea, not a fountain of life. So we can change lanes into what's right and receive joy. Okay? So God is saying that um, we his, his promise is the end of all strife. And we can see here in verse 17, Hebrews 6, verse 17, forward, it says, We're in God willing more abundantly to show into the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, his counsel, confirmed it by an oath. Faith is believing in God's person. God's integrity. And when you say, I don't believe you, you're saying to God, I don't think you're, I don't think you have value. I don't think you're integrous. And that's, that's, that's not true. That's just not true. But we know that God grows our faith. He takes us from level to level to level to level, right? We all start off drinking milk, the sincere milk of the word. And then we're, by the time God gets us up there, we're chewing on some meat, aren't we? So God, we're in God willing more abundantly to show into the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel. He confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Say, I don't believe God. I think he's a liar. God cannot lie. You know, I'm not a bird. I cannot fly. I don't have wings. God cannot lie any more than I cannot fly. It is impossible for God to lie. He is holy. Holy means 100% pure. 
100% pure. You know, when I think of pure, I think of complete white. There's not a spot on it. He's immaculately pure. It's impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation. See, there's comfort in the fact that God has promised he cannot lie. Now I'm comforted, and I'm not going to fight with God with strife. Who have fled, we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope. Hope, it's at the very top of the list, very top, hope. Hope in God's integrity, love, and oath, covenant contract with humanity. That it is impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation, comfort, who have fled for refuge, a place to, to, to go into, into a stronghold. Inside of God, his person, inside of his integrity, God cannot lie. God will not lie. God cannot lie. I have story after story after story of him coming through for me all my life. All my life is a story of God's integrity. And we have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have is an anchor of the soul. So in our hope, at the very top of the map, we're hoping in God's love and intelligence and giving him the clock, time. When is he going to give me what I want and what is written, right? And we have to surrender that to God, for he alone is intelligent between the two of us, amen? Although we do have the mind of Christ, he gets the final authority, he's God, so when we have that hope, it's an anchor of our soul. You know, our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions that can go havoc. Okay? And an anchor, as, as we know, when a boat's tossing to and fro, they put an anchor in the sand or the dirt in the ocean, and it holds the boat steady. So the, when we're flying around with all of our emotions and panicking and upset and all this hysteria, oh God, oh God, when? He says, what does my word say? What do I say? And it's my time. Let me take off my watch. And you want me to hand it to you so you can blow up your life again? Are you going to wait on me for the third time? Maybe the first time you ran off, second time you run off. You want to run off again? Want me to give you the time? Are you going to wait on me? So when we have hope, it anchors our soul. It anchors our emotions, our mind, and, and all this hysteria. And we have peace because we've given, we've surrendered to God's excellence and love for us. God knows best. Say that with me. God knows best. God knows better than me. So when we have the anchor of the soul, we're sure and steadfast. Now we're not doubting and tossed and here today, gone tomorrow, flipping around, this, that, and the other, like yo-yos, okay? So we're sure, we're steadfast, and we enter in within the veil. Christ has torn that veil, that, that, uh, that wall between man and God by his blood, and we go in and we talk to our dad, his name is God. Good night. Rialoran International Ministries Incorporated appreciates all of its faithful covenant partners and wishes each and every one of you a beautiful life with Jesus. Please visit Rialoran today at www.rialoran.org.